You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when when did we see you hungry and feed you? or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you in a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those in his left, Depart from me, you are accursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when, we, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or naked, or ill or in prison, and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you. What you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And this will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When I read or hear this Gospel, we hear everything four times. And you can see how this is a very good memorization technique. I don't think we have too many texts that are so repetitive in a short context, right? And this seems to suggest probably that this was so important and a very teachable way. And you could hear 
the children learning this and the groups of disciples repeating Jesus' story. This is pedagogically very powerful because it's dramatic in the sense of the gravity of the moment. It's the last judgment. When God is before all the people, all the people are before God. And it's about their eternal destiny. And it's the exact criterion for eternal happiness. And this is very, very powerful as a stage. The stage is most solemn. The substance is very clear. And the occasion for my eternity is very defined. So the fact of processing these words in their repetitive nature embeds the thought in our heart and mind. And I wonder if there's any other text that is so repetitive, pedagogically repetitive with this focus. And then this tells me also that even from a narrative point of view and a teaching point of view of Jesus, he was obviously an incredible teacher. If we just analyze the messaging that Jesus has provided with such simple elements like pruning a tree and the teaching about pruning, it really interprets all of the existential crisis of a human being. And we can now reinterpret the painfulness of all of our crisis and sufferings and frustrations in terms of fruitfulness. It's a very powerful image. Or the use of the coin. Whose image is this? Give to Caesar what is Caesar. Give to God what is God's. So we have extraordinary brilliance of, first of all, clarity of understanding the core substance of reality, and then a pedagogical ability to communicate it. And this is marvelous. Jesus was an incredible teacher with all the parables, all the analogies, all the allegories, and the crisp definition with attractive interior motivation in all his teaching. We are drawn to it. It's not scary, it's motivational. It lifts us up just as it clarifies our mind to see the essence. This is extraordinary. And so, why did he teach this truth in this way? And it should probably say to us that it is really, really powerful and necessary. That this is core to our life in this world. This is not something uh, easily forgotten or dismissed. This is something vital to our eternal happiness, to our eternal flourishing and fulfillment. I think we also have the commandments in a few versions in the Old Testament, not packed together like this so repeatedly, but it's, uh, there are a couple of different versions of the commandments, and we have these commandments here. There's an interesting little contrast between both. The commandments are expressed in terms of prohibitions in this text. Do not, do not, do not, do not. And that is also very pedagogical, because People need to know their limits, where they shouldn't step over the edge because it's catastrophic. Stealing is catastrophic. 
Because once stealing works, then nobody's property is secure. If they steal in your house, three or four streets down from my house, that immediately tells me, watch out, your house could be next. And the same goes for lying. If people get away with lying and people practice lying, it means I can no longer trust in the regular conversation and, and commerce of people. It doesn't work because I have to be continually doubting the truth of it. And so these negatives are really guardrails, like climbing a cliff of life, and then you don't step over the edge and fall down and break your neck or your, or your leg or your backbone. So they are wonderful guardrails that are also very clear. But there's an interesting contrast that these are expressed negatively, whereas the others are expressed positively. You feed the hungry. Here it is, don't lie, don't steal, don't kill, etc. And the other one is, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit those in prison, give support life, help life. The first ones are don't endanger life, and these ones are support life. And they go hand in hand. We need both. So there's great teaching in God's word, and that is what the psalm celebrates. And the psalms were the main topic of Kathleen's presentation this morning in the pilgrimage of prayer. And the psalms are extraordinary richness that God has given us. It's the greatest book of prayer that ever was written. It's part of the inspired word of God, and it nourishes our, our life. Truly, the verse we have for the Mass today, the responsorial, your words, Lord, are spirit and life. And we can say that about the commandments in the book of Leviticus, and we can say that about the instructions for life that Jesus gives about feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, not being indifferent before the needs of others, of sacrificing ourselves when other life is in danger. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Let us be encouraged by God's words. Let us love them. Let us make them our own. The word of God nourishes us. It gives us life. It gives us, it's, it's, uh, it's coming straight from God and without it, what would we be? The very fact of your words, Lord, the word was made flesh, the words of creation, the words that call us back, and he calls us by name. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.